Well, the last few weeks, we've been uh, embarking on this journey, uh, which, again, started out as I expected and has shifted a bit, and, and talking about this value of God dependence. And a, and a value is not the, the, the destination. It is all about how we get there. And it's, it's how we characterize things, not only in our lives personally, you all have values that direct your home, how you do your job, um, how you live life, but also collectively as God's people, as the church here at ECOB, these values are very important in how we guide decisions we make um, and, and how uh, these things should characterize everything that we do. Uh, the last few weeks, we've been spending some time um, on this value of God dependence, which I see as the, the critical foundation for us as a church. What's interesting about this, as I have been learning, as God has been teaching me more about God dependence, is that you can look at God, de- God dependence and, and very easily make it kind of a one-liner. Uh, and and it be something that on one level um, you can live into. But what I've been learning uh, from Scripture, and I, I, I hope that you have too, either in our time together or in your individual time with the Lord, is that de- dependence on God really is much fuller than I think we often understand uh, or, frankly, even experience. Uh, we, we started a few weeks ago talking about dependence on God and, and that it's demonstrated by uh, knowing Jesus in a daily relationship. And I, I just remember and, and have recalled in my own life what, um, how important that has been to learn the, the practice of that. And it, that's not meant to be taken uh, as just a doing thing, but it, it is something we learn to live in relationship. And then last week we talked a little bit more about how dependence on God really is a faith. It's a faith of trusting God with every circumstance. And so we commit that to him. And then sometimes what that means is that we are to respond in faith to those circumstances. And perhaps what we experience most often in this fallen world is that it's a faith of knowing Jesus beyond the outcomes. We've all walked through many circumstances and it just didn't make sense to us why the outcome wasn't different. But it didn't make God any less than who he is. But God knew and knows what's best for us. And so today I want to I step into an area that uh, with the dependence on God that I actually believe is, is, is something that um, it's very easy to look at. I've looked at in my life as something very um, minimal. And what I'm recognizing as I learn to love God more and serve God more and, and walk daily with Jesus is that um, it's so much fuller than I understood. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's more complicated. It doesn't necessarily mean there's more things for us to do. But I absolutely believe when we think about this concept of giving God glory, dependence on God is set on that. It, it is locked into that. Now, here's what I've experienced in my life. I've experienced that most of the time when I talk about being dependent on God, what actually I'm saying is, I'm dependent on God because I know God can provide. I know God gives me what's best for me, even if I don't see that. Now, that's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm recognizing is, in some ways, that's very focused on me. It's very set on, I'm going to be dependent on God because he's going to give me something. 
I know this is challenging sometimes because we know God is a God. He is a giver. He is a giving God. He is a God of gifts. But when my God dependence is solely based on what I believe he's going to give me, I wonder if I'm truly embracing all of the glory that I am to give to him. So I want to look at that a little bit today and I, because I want to embody, I want us to embody God dependence in such a way where it motivates us. So if even, it, 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 even if I don't think I receive, is that I'm going to still give God glory for that. I want it to be the motivation and the satisfaction that I rest in because as we'll look at, it's what we were created for. I think first of all, we have to understand this idea of glory. Glory is simply the idea of acknowledging, um, paying uh, worth to, showing respect of. What is very, what is sometimes in our lives not recognizable is that we give glory to something. We, we were not only designed, but it's not always directed at God, but it is directed at something. And I think what I want us to really spend some time doing today is giving glory simply saying thank you. Or is it more than that? It is partly that. But I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 10.31 to kind of start off and understand this idea of glory. This is a rather familiar passage if you've read any of Paul's letters. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all in the name, or excuse me, do it all for the glory of God. Now, Think about the context here. If you're not familiar, uh, this first letter to the Corinthians by the Apostle Paul is a letter of instruction, but um, talk about taking him out to the behind the woodshed. That's what Paul's doing here. Because he is, he is saying to them that they have not only misunderstood what it means to live a life for God, but they're actually abusing it. Now, I don't share this because I think we're doing that. I think it's a caution for us. It's, it's a caution because, again, the tendency is, is that we're going to give glory to something. What we have to make the choice in is, are we going to give that glory to God? Paul is speaking of how, uh, something very practical, how they're taking the Lord's Supper. And what they were doing is they were abusing that in a lot of ways. And, got, and, and, and Paul kind of brings them back and says, wait a minute here. Everything you should do, everything you do should be for the glory of God. Now, in my life, I know what I see. When I'm not living for the glory of God, usually what that means is I'm living for myself. I'm usually seeking my own good before God's goodness, before paying him honor and respect. But when you look at this verse, so whether you eat or drink or, what's the next word? What's the next word? Thank you. I'm only five minutes in. You shouldn't be sleeping yet, okay? Whatever. I think this is part of what's important in understanding about glory. Because glory, as we are to give to God, is not something we compartmentalize. It's not something that we do when we're with church people or other Christ followers. No. We give glory, Paul says, in everything. My tendency... I pick and choose what things I, I, I want to give God glory for because some of that stuff is too painful. But God wants much better for us. He wants much for, for us. And as we look at God's glory, what we begin to understand, the more we are focused on that, the more joy 
we actually experience. We live into more of what we've created. I want you to go back to Genesis. This will be on the screen. Genesis 1.27. As I spent more time on this idea of God dependence, I keep going back to Genesis. And the reason I do that is not because I don't know any other scripture, but I think it speaks so much to our identity and how we were created to be dependent on God. This is not something that we're trying to manufacture uh, and, and create in human terms. No, but if you look at verse 27 of chapter 1. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So this not only brings our sexual identity, this brings our physical identity, it brings our spiritual identity, all of it. God is glorious. He doesn't need us to make him more glorious. God's fullness of glory is everything it is even without us. See, God didn't create you. He didn't create me because he needed more glory. He exists in the glorious state all on his own. But yet he chose to make us in his image. So if God is, is the God of glory, what that means in his creation of you is that in the image of God, you were created. And so you have the capacity to bring God glory. And I think this is really significant because often what I hear from people, what I experience in my own life as I study God's word and pray, is I don't feel worthy. So I'm supposed to bring glory. Isn't that for, for like the really spiritually elite people that practice every spiritual discipline all the time? No, you were created. No matter what your past says, in Jesus Christ, now forgiven and transformed, from the very day you were created, you have the capacity. Transformation in Jesus increases that capacity for you to reflect God's glory. So none of us should say, well, I, that's just really not my thing. I'm not that type of Christian. No, you were created in God's image. You were redeemed by Jesus Christ. And so you have the capacity to give God glory. And what we have to figure out in our lives, and I think it's part of our journey with Christ, is so how am I supposed to do that? How are you supposed to do that? You know, this, this is not about a manufacturing, now let's just start cranking out Christians, and let's just, you know, just do this, do this, and do this. No. God's created you uniquely, me uniquely, to bring him glory. I was reading an article by a gentleman named Mark Shelsky, I believe is how it's pronounced, and I thought this was a really fascinating look at what glory is and how we demonstrate that. Look at this with me. Glory is a secondary result, he says. It's a side effect. When a painting is beautiful, it doesn't need a banner on it proclaiming how great the painter is. Those who are moved by the art quite naturally give glory to the artist. The art doesn't give the glory. The people, the art impacts, give glory. You, every one of you, are God's art. Every one of you are God's workmanship. Every one of you, you are the masterpiece of God. No matter what anybody says, you have been created in the image of God. And because of that, you have the opportunity, the capacity, the choice to reflect that glory of the artist who created you.
Every one of us have it. Every moment of every day. The great creator, the great artist, he didn't mess up when he created you. No, he created you in design with the very purpose to give him glory. It's not an add-on in our walk with Christ. It is what, it is who you were designed to be in the very creation. It's vital. Because as reflectors of God's glory, we have to learn how to do that. We have to figure that out because it doesn't happen in every way the same with, per, with each person. There, there's principles, there's truth from Scripture that we're going to look at here briefly. But I want to go to John 15 first. John 15, a few weeks ago when we were talking about relationship with Jesus, knowing him daily, John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. A few verses later, we come upon this verse. Jesus says, and these are his, some of his last hours on earth before his crucifixion and his death and resurrection. He says, my father is glorified by this, that you produce much food, fruit and prove to be my disciples. Now Jesus here is using this vine analogy, okay? This metaphors, so to speak, of a vine. Now vines don't set out to bear fruit in order to bring glory to the farmer. Vines bear fruit because that's their nature. That's what they were made, created to do. You are no different. I am no different. Again, this is not something that really we have an option for. We can choose to refuse that. But what Scripture tells us is that the opposite is also true. When we're living a lie, when we're trying to be something that isn't who God made us, what happens is that we're pursuing glory for its own sake, for our sake. God dependence is so much an inside-out thing. We're going to look at a couple things, and I want to caution us here, because the tendency is to think, okay, here, here goes Pastor again. He's laying out all these things we got to do. Here's where it starts. It starts as dependent, God-dependent people. It starts here. And none of the fruit that we bear should ever be just for the sake of the fruit. It should be because it's an outward expression of what God has done in us. The capacity we have, what he's created in us, how he's transformed us. When you seek to be, please God in obedience, what happens is that his glory does become our goal. I had a sweet conversation with a man from this congregation recently. And we sat down at his, uh, his table in his home and he said to me, he said very tearfully, very sincerely, he wasn't trying to impress the pastor by any means. We were just having this conversation about his relationship with the Lord. He opened it up and he said, Dan, he said, 2018 is a year of obedience for me. I was like, whoa. And I'm like, tell me more. And he said, he said, Dan, I, God has been stirring in me and my greatest desire now is to be obedient. Now, this is not a guy that... Um, this is not a guy that goes around boasting about all that he does for God. He's a humble man. 
But I was blown away by what Jesus was doing in him. By how the Holy Spirit was saying, I need you to be obedient. And so he's got some tough conversations ahead. Because he shared that with me. He said, I have to have some conversations with people. Some of that's apologies. Because God is asking me to do this. And I have to do it. That's God dependence. That is God dependence. I looked at him and I said, you know what? I said, ECOB is going to be a stronger church because you're being obedient. It's true of every one of us that call this our church home and church family. We prevent or allow God to do what he wants to do. Is that a lot of responsibility? You betcha. Has he equipped us? Yep. You have the capacity? More than you know. More than I know. So I want to look at a couple of things that come out of us, should come out of us. Look at this quote. Um, Did I miss it? Is there a quote? There is a quote. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Totally lost track. You give, this same author said, you give God glory when you are living out who God made you to be. Now, I want to, I want to camp here for a minute, okay? We're going to set up tent, and here's why. You hear phrases very close to this in culture today. People say it all the time. Last night I was watching a commercial, Diet Coke commercial, I believe, and this gal's drinking this Coke, and uh, of course all the Olympic things are going on and stuff, and she's drinking this Coke, and she just says, do what you want to do, be what you want to be. That is not this message, and that certainly is not this message. This message is be who God made you to be. We will never be obedient to God when we decide who we need to be. We are only obedient to God when we look to God in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and say, who am I to be? And we listen and we live into that. You're saying, Dan, that's so hard. Yeah, it is. Because we're fighting against these sinful fleshly desires we have. But God all along the way is cheering us on saying, come, come to me. You want to bring God glory? Be who God created you to be. Period. But it does take work. And it's not work to gain your salvation. No, this is a process of sanctification, a process of growing and learning in Him. Abiding, remaining. First one I want to share with you of being who God made us to be, bearing spiritual fruit, so to speak, is that we Others, you, see fruit of the Spirit in your character. The fruit of the Spirit in your character. And I start here because fruit of the Spirit does play itself out in our actions, but it always starts with a condition of our own spirit, of our own heart, our own soul, and mind. Galatians 5, 23, you've likely heard this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Colleen, when she was candidating with us, she made a comment to me. She said, Dan, I want to teach children. I want to teach parents and grandparents is that uh, being a Christ follower is more than just being kind. Do you ever get that impression that that's all that Christianity is? Well, let's just be kind to people. And I just smile because Josh and Matt and Stan and I, we've talked about this before, is that Christianity, being dependent on God and a follower of Jesus does include kindness. But it's much fuller than that. It includes patience. Ouch. Because if I'm going to pick one to do, I'm not going to pick patience. Let me just tell you. 
faithfulness, love, joy, peace on God's terms. Not the world's definition of peace. No, God's definition of peace. You see, we bear fruit when there is fruit, evidence of that in our character. And so I challenge you. I challenge you. Ask people that know you the best. If you're bold enough, if, if, you, if you can, to give them permission to tell you, do you see this fruit in my life? That's a tough question. Husbands, you know who to ask. Your wives. Wives, ask your husbands. But ask others too. And what an opportunity we have to say, I'm not just going to point it out to you. I'm going to walk with you in this. I'm going to help you with this. Because you're going to help me with it too. And here's why the fruit of the Spirit is so significant in our character. It's because when God's working in you, His desire is to also work through you. Let me say it again. His desire, His ability to work in you is directly connected to His desire to want to work through you. God never shapes you for you alone. God shapes you to prepare you for his eternal kingdom, but God shapes you so that you can walk alongside others and help them understand in a very real way who Jesus is. We all struggle with that, don't we? Well, I, I'm not sure really who Jesus is, but if I say, show, tell me someone that you know that has demonstrated a characteristic of Jesus, you can probably name somebody. If you can't, start looking. Start looking. And for the rest of us, guess what? No people are looking. Oh, that's a lot of pressure, and I already have a lot of responsibilities. Come on, this is who we're created to be, right? This is who we're created to be. And what I love about this church is I see you doing that. I've seen people do that for decades, generations. Grandparents, teach your kids, no matter how old they are, your grandkids, how to be dependent on God by bearing the fruit of the Spirit. Parents, don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on them. They're kids. But don't give up on teaching them and modeling them and showing them. Another area that I think uh, it, that, that is very dear to my heart because I've spent a lot of time studying it through my dissertation is that we, we are who God made us to be when we're faithful stewards of his gifts. Look at 1 Peter 4.10 and 11. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful, faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. This is NIV uh, newest translation. I actually like the phrase that the NIV uh, 84 version uses. It talks about administering God's grace in its various forms. You know what someone who administers does? They distribute, they apply, they dispense, they manage. That's what we're called to do. And we bear fruit when we do that. You all have heard me talk a bunch of times about this class called Discover Your Place. It's offered the last session of electives uh, here in the spring, and it'll be offered again in the fall. Every leader in this church on a leadership team has to take Discover Your Place. And the reason is, is because 
I want them. Leadership wants them. We pastors want them. We want you to understand who God created you to be. Your gifting, your talents, your abilities, your personality. Because we want you. We want you to be good stewards of that. You know, we think stewardship and automatically we think money. Don't think about money, okay? That's, I don't want to go there today. I want to talk about the gifts that God's given you. Well, I don't know that he's given any. Yes, he has. As a believer in Jesus Christ, you have gifts. You have experiences that God has used and will use in your life. The question is, is are you serving with those? That bears fruit, not only here in this place, but beyond this place. That's how we shine our light, isn't it? It's not about earning salvation through good works. No, but as believers, we are to do good works. And I sure hope you are living out who God created you to be as you serve. Because you'll do it cheerfully. You'll encourage others to do it and learn about who they are. Every time I learn about myself, I learn about God and how he created me. Now, sometimes I don't like what that looks like, but he wants to shape me. He wants to help me be a faithful steward. These last two, I'm not going to hit as much, but I just want to hit them. When we talk about giving God glory, often we talk about we give him praise. We sing about it in multiple songs this morning. We give him praise. If singing is the only praise to God that ever comes out of your lips, um, work on it, okay? Whatever you do, Colossians says, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. One of the simplest ways to bring God glory is to give him praise. Somebody says to you, so why why did you do that? Tell him why. If that's truly your motivation. If Jesus is truly your motivation. If the Holy Spirit spoke to you, then you tell him. Don't be ashamed of that. Paul says if you're going to boast, do what? Boast in the Lord. But it's also not a humble brag, is it? You ever heard the humble brag from Christians? And it's, oh, I am so blessed. God has done so much in my life. I can't believe all of these things I have. It's so, God is so good. Talk about a humble brag. So tell me when you didn't have those things, was God still as good as he is right now? That's the test for me. That's the test for me. If everything in my life was gone, would God still be God, would I still be willing and ready to give him glory? Hebrews 3.15 speaks of this giving thanks and praise to God, and it uses this phrase, a sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice means that it's not always convenient. Sacrifice means that maybe you'll have to be vulnerable in that. Maybe you'll have to open your heart a little bit and share something that is, is maybe a little uncomfortable to share for God's glory. We need to look for opportunities to sacrifice our own glory to give God glory. Now, this last piece, I absolutely believe is a result of all these other things coming together. And it's leading others to Christ. When we're bearing fruit, people are going to know Jesus. People are going to know Jesus. And I love the passion of the Apostle Paul. He speaks to the Romans, a very obstinate, stubborn people. And he says in Romans 1.13, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to come to you. 
Let's skip ahead. In order that I might have a harvest among you. Do you get the impression in culture today is you have to be very careful if you want somebody to know Jesus? Do you get that impression? I sure do. I don't want to offend anybody. I want the passion of Paul. And not when I'm on a platform, but when I'm walking the streets of Eaton, when I'm going through a mall in Dayton. I want the passion of Paul in my life that says, I'm not going to be ashamed that I love somebody enough that I'm going to love them so much that I'm going to talk to them about Jesus. I'm going to love them into Jesus. I may never say a word. Church, we've got to be passionate about this. And I love when I see that happening in you. There's a young man I talked with recently from this church. And he said to me is that a friend of his um, invited him to breakfast. And um, he was telling me that he was a little surprised by this, but he decided to. But his friend also asked him about when church was, because it was a Sunday that he was asking him this. And I was so proud of this young man, because I said to him, I said, so did you invite him to church? And he said, yeah, I'm going to talk to him about it. Now what I find out is the young man didn't come to breakfast, but a seed was planted. And I know this young man I spoke with isn't going to give up on that friend, and he's not going to back off. We have to bear fruit where we lead others to Christ. You find your way to do that, okay? Can I just recommend, don't use a megaphone. I know Josh has one, but he uses it for other reasons. That's how he gets us to the food on Wednesday night. But how's God created you to lead others to Christ? Oh, Dan, I could never do that. I don't know enough. I don't... Do you know what Jesus has done in your life? That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Yeah, you should study the word and, and, and you should learn more of what God has done in you. Let's remember that bearing fruit is a choice that we make. You know, a machine can produce results, so can a robot, but it takes a living organism like you and me to produce fruit. And what that means, it takes time. Don't be too hard on yourself. This is a place of grace, but I'm also going to say, we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep challenging one another. Help one another with this. Stay at it, because a good crop will come out of it. A good crop will happen as we bear fruit. But I also don't want us to be people who just step back and say, well, whatever happens, happens. God gave us a brain and he expects us to use it. And that means we lean into knowing his word and we live that out. Here's the question for us today. Is God's glory your goal? Is that your goal? As individuals, I'm working on it for my life. I can say it. But I got to show it. I got to live it. I got to do it. And so what I'm praying for us as a church, for you individually and for us collectively, is that we are a church that screams of God dependence. When people look at this church, they look at you. What I want them to see is a person, a people who are so dependent on God. Now that's a scary prayer. And then whatever happens in that, we're going to give God glory. We are going to continue to reflect him to others because we have a great artist we have a great creator and he's created us to do this let's live into that father as we walk forward in your love as we abide in christ and know christ
I pray that all that you do in us, we would allow you to do through us. All that you do in us in shaping and molding and teaching and growing us is that we would allow, we would allow you also to work through us in that. Make us people who bear fruit. Let that be our satisfaction, our fulfillment to bring you glory, to, make, to be who you made us to be. And God, may we celebrate that every step of the way, knowing and believing in the grace you offer, but also how you equip us. And God, may you have, may you see, may others see, and may we reflect your glory. Because we want to be, be dependent on you every step of the way. In Jesus' name, amen.